she was able to build big sculptures mm -hmm. because she could see big, because she knew it was within her realm to use these machines. And to me, it's important that anyone who wants to go into engineering, anyone who wants to go into art, anyone who wants to go into anything, if you can use machines, you can fix anything. You don't have to wait for your daddy to come home to fix something. You can fix it yourself. Providing inspiration and community for women in business of Middle Tennessee. This is Powered by Her with Tiffany Anton. Welcome to Powered by Her. Today is July 27th and today is my birthday. And 27 has a significance that you'll hear in a second, but I'm really excited and I'm glad that I'm sharing my birthday with all of you listeners. Today we have a really special guest. I've been working on this for like three years now, I think. Pretty much. If, if not even longer than that. I have Kyle Hughes here today. If you hear me refer to her as Mrs. Hughes, she was my high school math teacher a while ago. Kyle is a high school math teacher. She's been a math teacher for 32 years. She's a first robotics competition coach and mentor that she's been doing for 27 years. She's a Woody Flowers Award recipient, a mentor, a mom of three, and a STEM advocate in DC, as well as I think a million other things, but that's kind of what I came up with. Yeah, well, that was pretty impressive. Thank you. <laughs> I was racking my brain. I woke up at 4.30 this morning and was like, okay, what, what bio things? This is like, you know, kind of racked my brain, but I'm sure there's more updated things that um, in the past 20. So I, I, as I said, I've known you for 26 years, mm -hmm. probably known me for about 23 years because you were, you know, that mean older teacher that, not old, but you taught the older kids um, that I wasn't smart enough yet to get to your class. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Thank you, thank you, I appreciate this. Let me take a minute to thank our partners. Jamie's Eats and Sweets is a cafe located at 50 West Broad in Cookville, Tennessee. On top of a variety of daily lunch specials, walk-in treat counter, and assortment of drinks, Jamie's offers custom-made cakes and dessert options. If you have a celebration in mind or just craving a special treat, Jamie's will give it a go. Head over to jamieseatsandsweets.com to place your custom order today. When it comes to selling or buying a home, you want to know that you are in the hands of someone who cares. When deciding to take the journey to spend money on the single biggest purchase of your life, Sabrina Brazel understands. Starting as a young mom studying for her real estate license, Sabrina knew that she wanted to be an agent that could take the scary part out of purchasing your home. Call Sabrina Brazel of The Realty Firm at 931-319-3812 when you want an agent who feels like a friend more than your realtor. Having a service guy into my home can be intimidating. Action and healing... Having a service guy into my home can be intimidating. Action Heating and Cooling is a family-run company that understands. I personally have had Action do repairs at my home, and after calling several other companies in town who acted clueless, Dylan sent his guys over to my house and made the proper repairs. They made me feel less intimidated, and I know I can trust that they are going to take care of my heating and cooling needs. Head over to actionheatingandcooling.com to learn more about them today. Really what I want to focus on is you're the first robotics competition. So you started 27 years ago. You found out about this robotics competition and, and, and what? So I was a, a teacher at CSM Tech, which is our Clarkston Science, Math, and Technology Academy. And we were teaching our engineering. I, I was the teacher for the engineering class. And I'm not an engineer. I'm a math teacher, I would go to my husband who is an engineer and say, what am I supposed to do in my engineering class now? And what am I supposed to do now? We used to have tickets to the Lions game 
And every Sunday, I would sit next to him. He'd watch the game, and I'd have a notepad saying, well, what about this project? Do you think this project would work? And what do I need to challenge them on this? So I could not have done any of this without my husband. And I'm very blessed to have a companion who wants me to reach for the stars. Mm -hmm. So he helped me get it started, at least the concept of engineering. I was intrigued. And then a student came to me, um, and he said, my, his dad's company needed a high school to do this robotics competition. So I went back to my husband and I said, what do you think? And he said, I don't want to hang out with any high school kids. And I said, come on, please, please, just one, one year, let's just try it. So uh, he went to a one-day event uh, just to see what it was about with a very bad attitude in the morning. And by noon, he looked around and he said, wait a minute, this is cool, we can do this. And we've been doing it for 27 years. So so for those people who are, who are like, I don't even know, um, these are, is it still 120-pound robots? 120-pound-ish robots. They're, so they're about anywhere from like ours last year, I think, was two and a half by two and a half feet wide. And then I believe it's four feet tall. The The restrictions change every year, so I don't exactly know. But they're big. They're, you know, they're, they're hefty. And they're, um, and each year it plays a different kind of game. Correct. So, so over the years you have different game cubes, different pieces. Correct. And, you know, unlike a basketball team or a football team where the coaches can get better and better and better every year at the same game, mm -hmm. Every year we get a new game. So our coaches, you know, anyone on the field has got to understand a completely new game and then try to figure out what is the strategy that's going to be um, the one that's going to win. It's exciting. We did win in, to, in 2018, but there's a long story behind that as well. <laughs> but uh, so, so Dennis and I started this team. We didn't even know what we were getting into. And it, was, it is the hardest fun you've ever done. It, uh, the kickoff is in January. We get the rules to the new game, and then we start competing at the end of February, 1st of March. We now, in the, in the old days, we would go to one regional and then down to the World Championships, which back then was down at Disney. Now She's laughing because we went to Disney <laughs> together, and we have some fun stories of, of our time at Disney. Yes, absolutely. Yes, <laughs> Tiffany. That was good. But then now we are so competitive that we travel, you know, weeks weeks one, three, four, six, and then the world championships in Houston. So I take 32 kids on a bus and we drive for 22 hours to go to Houston to compete. And it's just, a, it's an amazing program. You know, either I'm super crazy or this is an amazing program because who in their right mind would get on a bus and ride down to, to Houston now two years in a row? How in those early years did you kind of figure out how to even, I mean, again, you were trained as a mathematician and then you were teaching for a few years by that point. How did you figure out how to build a program and, 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 and realize that you wanted to build kind of this powerhouse instead of just like, you could have gotten, you know, $1,000 and, and strung stuff together, but mm -hmm. why go the extra mile? So when we started, the Bud Company was, not the beer company, but a different company, was um, our corporate sponsor, and they paid for everything. And then the next year, we had nothing. We even, they didn't even sponsor us. And so we 
you know, I would I would love to use the the phrase beg, borrow, or steal, but we didn't steal from anyone, but we begged and borrowed from everybody. Chrysler picked us up our third year, so we had another good corporate sponsorship, and we had them for a couple years. But again, we lost that sponsorship. Now, when we transferred over, first it was Textron, then it was Collins and Aikman, we saw the writing on the wall, and we knew that we were not, you know, this this single corporation paying for our fun um, and our hard work was not going to last. And so, I, you know, I, I have had very minimal business classes, but we diversified our portfolio. We decided that a certain amount had to go into grants, and there was never a percentage. It was just a gut feeling. We needed to start Actually, it was just do whatever we had to do. So we would start applying for grants. We started applying for um, you know big companies. If they would give us five thousand, a thousand, whatever, we would take it. And then we started something called the regatta, the cardboard and duct tape boat regatta. And that actually is coming up. Um, this is our sixteenth year doing that. And the regatta, the students on the team are divided up into small groups, and then they build a cardboard and duct tape boat. And then that boat has to, they climb in the boat, and then they have to swim around a, a swim area in a local uh, lake here. And the interesting thing is, is that a lot of local people, we were, we were still, nobody knew what robotics was, and nobody knew really who Team Rush was. And so they didn't care, but they would give a kid 100 bucks for a cardboard boat. So... All of a sudden, our kids are starting to get sponsors, and then our sponsors all of a sudden say, hey, that was kind of cool. And pretty soon, I mean, we had one year, one year pre-COVID, um, we made $60,000 off of the regatta. Hmm. For one, a one-day event? For, it's about an hour and a half. Hmm. Yeah. Now, the kids work hard. They work hard to, uh, to do this. And, and each year, it's interesting because uh, we will talk about the relationship between them and their company and are they you know we try to update our companies as we go through our season what we're doing and we give them information but then you know it's up to the students to maintain that relationship um, thank you notes handwritten thank you notes you know flyers uh, we, we give a, a, a frame to the the companies um, and that we're, we're their names are on the robot if they're a certain level um, but the the kids have learned so much about starting a business because that's really what they're doing. Their robot, their cardboard boat is their business mm -hmm. and they have to market their business. And so why, last year we had, it, we were really excited and this year they even upped it. Um, a memorial fund here locally, the David Elliott Memorial, um, gave us matching funds. Last year, if a team could raise $1,000, he would match it. Well, he was going to give me five grand. I had six teams. And so I said, okay. And then he, later he said, wait a minute, how many teams do you have? And I said, six. He goes, but I'm only giving you five. And I go, yeah, okay. He goes, I can't do that. He said, they'll all get a thousand. And so, yeah. so that was nice. This year, the collection, it has changed to collection. So it's the first team to collect $1,000 because anyone can go out and get pledges. Yeah. 
but collecting is the next hardest thing. And so now teams, the students, they come to camp in the morning because we run camp. And then in the afternoon, they're like, I got to go and get pick up my collection. And so the money is coming in faster. We're at, um, as of Friday, oh, the 27th on your birthday here, we we're at $27,000 in pledges. Wow. And that doesn't include the six matching that he's giving us. Wow. And they have one more week to raise their money in order to go on, on the lake. Each team has to raise three grand to put their boat in the water. Yeah. And all six teams have done that so far. Why, um, so, so you've kind of been able to instill in, in the students some skills. Why has it been so important to make sure that they're the ones writing these notes and that they kind of are able to build their boat as a business themselves? You could easily have a parent, you have tons of parent volunteers, you, you know, you have mentors that, that work. Why make the students do that? So that's interesting because uh, we've, we as a mentor team want our kids involved in whatever we do as early as they can because it's just opportunities to learn, opportunities to fail and then grow, opportunities to figure it out. Ironically, my children are all adult children now and every one of them has, has come back at one point and said, oh my gosh, all this stuff I didn't want to do and didn't want to learn it, you know, has helped me a step ahead of the rest. So for me, having the kids you know, do this t- funding you can't do anything without money, I swear to God. So so we raise the money so that we have opportunities to do other things. And so from this money, you know, the kids have opportunities to, we were able to purchase more 3D printers. And so now the kids understand, they come in and they, they get training on how to do 3D CAD, whether they start at Tinkercad and then print their Tinkercad, which is an online basic software, to you know, Autodesk. Are they using Autodesk or SolidWorks? And are they, you know, how are they using those skills? As ninth graders, kids are developing models that can go on the robot. Um, then they also, you know, because of the fundraising, we were able to buy laser cutters. So now kids are actually coming in. They're using the Adobe Suite to which we got through the school, but they're able to use Illustrator to market themselves at Christmas time at the student bazaar with earrings or phone holders or ornaments or whatever because they can laser cut them. So they're starting already thinking about how they might be able to raise money to either A, help the team or B, help their own pocket. Yeah. And then we get into the build season, which is in January. And now it's just all out, you know, we have electrical, we, we have a, something new, relatively new, called a badges system. And our students um, are basically, if they get trained in something, they get a badge. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's, in a, it's a digital badge. It's just a little marker. It's a little icon. But on their name badge, it has all of these little symbols on it, which is amazing because when we went to a tournament this past year, everyone was asking the kids, what are these symbols on your badge? And then they'd say, well, this was electrical training, this was CAD training, this was, you know, this was team building and and, uh, team management. You know, we have all these vast trainings that the kids can do. Running a program like this though, you don't have to, like, there are, there are, I mean, thousands of teams now, right? Four, five, six, 10,000 FRC, uh, Dean came in, was the inventor of 
um, first robotics. And so you can look up kind of there's different levels of programs. So there's tons and tons of teams mm -hmm. and every team runs their their program differently. Absolutely. And you have chosen to run this as a full encompassing program. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things when I was on the team, I was on the business team or marketing team or something like that, which now it makes sense. At the time I was going into mathematics, so it didn't really make sense then. But um, it just, you know, some teams don't even have a sub team that, that does marketing or right. worries about. I mean, I think we were we were designing the buttons at the time. Mm -hmm. of, uh, and so what made you kind of decide that that's the way you wanted to take this program that you were building as to to you know make it multifaceted so i don't know except that each year i think that dennis and i are probably um a very small percentage of coaches that are still doing this after 27 years mm -hmm. uh, many coaches you know life happens and for us Life would happen, but like all three of my children went through this program. Um, my oldest got a full tuition at um, Worcester Polytechnic Institute. I couldn't have afforded that for him. You know, it's a quarter of a million dollars to go to this university. And because of his experiences on Team Rush and writing his application, he got an amazing college education. Um, I think I as an educator, whether it's a coach on the team or it's just in my classroom, I always want kids to see relevance and I want to see opportunities. When COVID hit, we did a 45-day challenge. For some reason, something inside me said, COVID's hit, I'm worried about my kids, I'm worried about myself, and Michigan was a whole different world than anybody, that I swear, than anyone else it, in the world. It, it, for, than, than us in Tennessee, <laughs> for sure. And um, it was very isolating. Um, I had students that even couldn't go back to school the next year because their parents wouldn't let them. So for 45 days, I would give them a challenge and say, you know, if we can't shake hands anymore because of germs, how do we greet each other? Send me a video. And so kids were sending me the, the funniest videos of their dogs as like the other person. You know, go outside and um, draw a picture using only things you can find in nature. And they came back with the coolest, because they had time so we could, they could reflect, but it was just, you know, an opportunity for them to just kind of be together because we also, we posted all these things. And so it was a way to stay together. I look at it as opportunities. When, when I know, I look at someone else and I go, that's cool, how did they do that? I come back and say, all right, we need a laser cutter. We gotta, we, gotta, we gotta do what they're doing because that's really cool and I don't want our kids to be behind. And I even told my students, I was like, during COVID, stay with me Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'll get you through this. You won't be behind in the fall. And very honestly, the class that I had in the fall was one of the best uh, academic students I've ever had. And it was because the rest of the world stopped. I think that that's what's always kind of drawn me to you is that you really care about the person. I knew you cared about me as to who I was, not mm -hmm. just making sure I learned calculus or not making sure that I was just successful on a robotics team. I think you really knew long term you cared about 
what I would look like as a 41 year old. <laughs> um, and I don't even know at that time, neither of us really thought 23 years later, we'd be, you know, still in contact with each other. But I think you just have that heart and passion into like, what, what how's this going to affect this person long term or mm -hmm. these students long term. And so I think that that's been a, a huge driving force for the team. So you mentioned um, Team Rush is the team name. So all the teams in FIRST Robotics have a team number and you're Team 27, which, you know, I've always been partial to the number 27. And your your colors are blue and gold, which are powered by her colors. So that's, you know, kind of exciting as well. But Rush did not stand for something at first. It was just Team Rush. Somebody just picked it, right? So it was kind of a funny thing because apparently it was an acronym when it came to us, but no, I didn't remember. Uh, I gotta be honest with you, I was bearing children at that time, so I don't remember. There's a, a, a period of time where my brain wasn't as smart as, as, well, now I'm just getting older, so it's not so smart either. But a, a, a student, uh, Rob Wheeler, many, many, many years ago, uh, suggested that our, when we went to Chrysler, we said, okay, clean start, we're team number 27. And we got to keep the number because at that point they finally said, teams are complaining every year, you got to remodel, you got to redo everything, remarket everything. It was alphabetical order yes. to start with. And so we were team 21 and then team 27. And when we became team 27, you know, we were begging, can we just keep this? And we did. And I absolutely love the number 27. Uh, they're actually all great people are born on 27. <laughs> Happy birthday again. Uh, I'm excited to celebrate your birthday with you. <laughs> um, but so he came to us with this 27 or rush, respect, unity, spirit and heart. And uh, we didn't we all thought that was corny. So we just kept the rush part. And then a couple years later, and I think it was maybe when you were on the team or just after, just after, we said, does anyone remember, I asked Justin Ridley, does anyone remember what Rush was supposed to stand for? And when he kicked it out, we all looked at each other and went, that's cool. So for, you know, for the last, I don't know, 24 so years, we've been Rush and we pride ourselves on being respectful, unified, spirited, and have heart. Uh, we have... We've, we've lost a few people on our team. Um, they've passed, and one of the students, um, we have a, a Jonathan, John Lafatis Heart Scholarship. So every year a senior has an opportunity to earn a $500 scholarship on behalf of him. Uh, we lost a mentor two years seasons ago, and then another one this season. And so we're filling the acronyms with scholarships, which I think is kind of neat. But we also give out awards when we go to tournaments. We call them rushies. They get a, 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 an award based on that, that word. Students take it very personally. Um, our kids will tell us, you know, if someone is not, you know, adhering to our uh, core values. And that's what they become. They become the core values of the team. What do you think, so you mentioned that you and Dennis, not very many coaches have stayed around as long as you guys have. And I actually, I, like I said, I mentored in college. I, when I was a teacher in Virginia, I was part of a team there. And then I started a team mm -hmm. um, when we moved to New Mexico. They're still, they're still active. Oh, they're Mm -hmm. That's really exciting. I mean, again, I don't know that they know who I am whatsoever, but um, my my two-year-old daughter was in the shop with us and mm -hmm. stuff. And so that's um, it's pretty exciting to kind of be a part of it. But you're right. Life has taken me in a different direction. And there's, there is no FRC team in Cookville. And um, I have no desire to start one. <laughs> um, and so what do you think it is about 
this program or what's in you that keeps you going? That's a tough question. Um, Do you not know you can quit? <laughs> <laughs> There's no exit plan. <laughs> Um, most people have a hard time quitting. I think um, Rush has become a place where people can be who they are. And so both mentors and kids, um, the students and the mentors, I think come here and they are welcomed. And that sounds so corny, but it's, it's really true. Uh, we had a, a mentor meeting a week ago Wednesday, we took all the tables out of the classrooms and we ate outside of the school and we had this really nice meal and then afterwards we took these giant slingshots and these balls and we, we tossed them in the air and, the, and then someone had to take a garbage can to try to catch them and it was hilarious and we had a wonderful time and everyone was laughing. I laugh from my heart when I'm with these kids and with the mentors because some of them have been with me for 27 years and when they're silly, you know, the kids look at these adults that are so brilliant because they can take apart and put together anything. They can design anything. And I think today it's important to me that kids know that school is important because they need to learn. But there's also a place to learn outside of school. And in the shop, you know, I would love... All of our kids have to have machine level one badge uh, training, which means that they all know when they go in the shop how to run any one of those machines. The lathe, the drill pressed, bandsaw, any of them, they know how to run them. And to me, that's a skill set. My daughter is uh, an art and math teacher. And when she went to Central Michigan University to get her teaching degree, she had to do some large projects and she had to go in the shop and the shop manager assume no one knew, especially this girl, mm -hmm. who is absolutely adorable, comes popping in with, you know, her hair up in a sloppy bun and, and says, you know, I need to use the bandsaw. And they're like, oh, no, wait, 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 wait. And she said, I can, I can run any of these machines. And then she would show them, she'd put her safety glasses on and she'd go in the shop and she'd show them all, you know, the machines. And he just looked at her and would say, you know, anytime you want. And so she was able to build big sculptures mm -hmm. because she could see big because she knew it was within her realm to use these machines. And, and in the old days, engineers were book smart. They had, you know, they had maybe they could do stuff on CAD, but they didn't have their hands in the machines. And, in, and, and there was, by labor laws, there were your shop guys and then there was your engineers and they couldn't cross the lines. Um, to me, it's important that anyone who wants to go into engineering, anyone who wants to go into art, anyone who wants to go into anything, if you can use machines, you can fix anything. You don't have to wait for your daddy to come home to fix something. You can fix it yourself. Listen, anytime I get a drill in my hand and I, I do something, I, especially as a woman, I'm like, I, I, I feel so powerful. I feel Absolutely. excited to be able to try those things. So you mentioned, you know, kind of we, the question was, why, why are you, <laughs> you doing this for so long? I and I know. guess it's just kind of the, um, you know, the, the outcomes that you've seen over the years. But also you, you kind of said, you laughed and said there's no exit strategy. But that's kind of when you're running a business or a program, you get so into what you're doing and what you're building. Mm -hmm. And you forget that, like, in order for the program or the business or whatever, or, or nonprofit to to really be successful, you have to have an exit strategy. And you have 
good or bad, you've built this whole program with you at the helm. Right. And so where where do you see in five to ten years? Are you just you're you're gonna like build a little tombstone here and like coach from the grave or what's I mean not well, saying five to ten years from the grave, but <laughs> I don't think I'm done yet. Um, I'm one of the few females in first. Which that, we're gonna talk about that in the next episode about that specifically, but yeah. um, I, I'm one of the, one of the few on the field with the players. And um, first of all, it was important to get all my kids through first. Um, I, I mentioned earlier that my youngest, I, I mentioned that we won the Detroit uh, World, Champ the World Championship that was held in Detroit in 2018. And the irony of that was that my son, my youngest son, Cody, um, grew up with, he, he just, he grew up with it. I mean, you know, when you see a head football coach. No, he coach, literally, so he was born. The, he was she, born during she the season. She mentioned that January to to March is kind of the huge season mm -hmm. of things, and he was born in February, correct? He was born right in the middle of build season. Yeah, my, husband, so. my husband didn't believe me when I told him I was pregnant. This crazy lady, um, my one of my friends from high school, had to go to the hospital after she had given birth to help write uh, award submission. That was due the next day. Yeah, so yes. that's... Um, uh, that was really lovely, cool. and then having one of the dads show up with a video camera, I was like, <laughs> all right, you can go now. <laughs> Yeah, we, we were writing in the, in the hospital room. Yeah. Um, Cody was hours old. I, I'm not kidding you. Uh, but, but that was amazing because that was amazing. That was also the year you won the Woody Flowers Award, right? That was the year that I won the Woody Flowers Award. And uh, Cody was in my, uh, in my arms when um, they called my name, and I was just, I thought, for sure, no way. And then I handed him over to Dennis, and I waddled because I was only, I mean, he was born in February and this was April. And mm -hmm. so I, we were at the top of the stadium uh, specifically because I did not think why in the, my wildest dreams would I win this. And so I waddled down and I remember looking up to this giant screen and all I could see is my rear end. And I am thinking, <laughs> oh my God, you know, it just wasn't one of those pictures you want to remember. And yeah. I see it so clearly. Uh, yeah, so that was pretty amazing. But Cody grew up with robots, and, um, you know, it's just what it was, you know. So you're not done. Back to this. Yes. <laughs> you're so not, not done, done with yet. this. So, and so you just have. He becomes my driver as a freshman, and um, he, he would drive against the drivers years before that because he was bored. He'd sit there, you know, at five years old. Josh Fritch put sticks in his hands, and he's driving around, and. So in 2018, he's standing right next to me. We're in the world championship, and I learned so much through him as a brilliant driver and as a, he had field sense, and he had, I learned so much from him that year that I just sat there and went, wow, there's still more to learn. Do you think that there's a chance you could be coaching grandkids? Your own grandkids oh, at some point? No way. <laughs> my children, no. My no. I mean, <laughs> my children need. That well, was a resounding. No, no. There's so many answers I could say right now, but uh, yeah, uh, no, they're very single and very happy single, and they have no desire except for Troy got married, but he has he has a dog. He has no desire to have children right now. So uh, I mean, I, I, I might coach the little league stuff, you know, you the, but but not the FLL. Yeah. yeah, I could see myself doing that. Yeah. But I would not be at FRC. That's way too many years. That's yeah. 18. If no. they had a, if they if had, they did it right now, yeah. If yeah they had a child, no. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't think 
I'm not quite done yet. I will, I will tell you that it is getting harder because I'm older. And so there's times where I just don't rebound like I did after a tournament. I, before we would have a tournament and on a Sunday it looked like there was a gas leak in my house because all bodies would be just laying all over the couches and the floor. And, and now I get home and I, I can't quite sleep the same way I used to. So I nap a bit. I have to get the laundry done and I just I have to keep going. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know what my plans are. I'm not quite ready for retirement. Um, and I, the problem is I don't know what I would do. And I'm not going to be able to retire and then go out to pasture. That just won't work for me. I just, I got to have, I got to, ha- I need a mission. I need a mission to, um, to help people. Mm-hmm. And, and if I can, if I can do something that's exciting that I know that my time is value added for other people, then I will be very happy. Well, let me just say that I think that most people at the heart of what they do, I think truly want to help people. My dad sold mattresses for 35 years. And I think at the core of who he was, he truly believed that he was helping people's lives be better Mm -hmm. because he was helping them get a better night's sleep. He could tell you all the statistics about sleep, how many years of your life you you spend in bed, all those kind of things. And I think he truly believed that because he had that passion and heart. And so I think- He sold me one. (laughs) (laughs) It sold a lot of people. Um, I think that the, the, the thing of it is, is that when you have that heart, you'll find what the next thing is mm-hmm. to help and impact people and whatever that that you know happens to be it doesn't necessarily have to be what you've always done um, you just are a commitment kind of person mm-hmm. and you can commit it to the things so um, before we wrap it up how can people find if they want to know more about team rush or follow along with the team this next season we're teamrush27.net online um, I have a great parent who uh, does a lot of Facebook. So if you go on Facebook, it's uh, Team Rush 27. And uh, probably Instagram. And I don't you know. Could sh- you could well, link up with LinkedIn, but she hasn't checked that in eight years. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my students wanted TikTok, and that horrified me. But I think we have a TikTok channel, too. So <laughs> I just can't keep my eyes on all the things that are going. And, and if you want to find Kyle herself, it's Kyle Hughes on yep. Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is Kyle, like K-Y-L-E, normal and Kyle, no- which, I mean, is such a – well, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit in the next episode because um, I'm sure that has been – something that you've dealt with your whole entire life having a name like absolutely a lot of mr a lot of misters in my (laughs) mail i'm sure i'm sure well thank you so much for for telling us your story and next week we're going to talk about um women in stem and and kind of deep dive into that for a little bit thanks for joining us thanks for kyle for being here and thank you and happy birthday thank you thanks for listening to powered by her head over to powerbyhercommunity.com to learn more and join our community We'll see you again next week.